your life have you spent trying to convince yourself that you're capable of doing something? If you just had to throw a random percentage at it, what would that number be? How many uh, sticky notes and planners and whiteboards and iPhone notes have you filled with all of the thoughts and ideas that you want to accomplish? I'm absolutely certain that you've got something that you've always wanted to pursue and you started strategizing and planning and forecasting and designing. Something you uh, want to complete a goal you want to achieve, a, a dream that you're tired of always thinking about from the perspective of what could be and uh, you really want to see it become reality. You know that, that one dream that you haven't told too many people about because you're afraid of getting laughed at or told uh, anyone at all because all you would hear from them are all of the ways that it isn't going to work out for you or how unqualified you are. Yeah, yeah, that one, the, the one you've kept hidden the one uh, you're afraid of sharing with anybody else, the one that you uh, light up about when you see yourself obtaining it, the one you've rehearsed in your head over and over and over again, the one that you've seen countless other people doing when you know you're capable of holding your own. How much time have you spent trying to convince yourself to just go for it? How many notes have you written outlining your goals and your dreams? How many planners and whiteboards have you filled with uh, brainstorming your ideas that to this day just remain ideas? You see, oftentimes, unfortunately, the planning phase is the place where dreams go to die. It's where, where goals become suffocated by the what ifs of life. It's where fear and doubt and uh, the risk of failure smother aspirations. And that's where dreams go from being a phase of just strategizing and planning to a phase of procrastination for a lot of people, myself included. I, for one, don't, don't underestimate or devalue the planning stage. I, I understand the importance and the significance of preparation. The Bible says very clearly in Proverbs 29 and 18 that uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so I recognize the priority that should be placed on doing your research, on uh, counting the cost, on building a game plan and developing a blueprint. I understand the value of knowing where you're headed and mapping things out before you start your journey. The planning phase is, is where you, you build your framework. It's where the foundation of anything that you wanna do and accomplish in life is, is laid. But wouldn't it be weird, just think about it for a second, wouldn't it be weird to, uh, to drive through a neighborhood just to see a bunch of beautifully laid, well-mapped-out foundations, but no homes? No structures or studs or drywall to, to hold anything together. No doors to welcome people in to see the vision come to life. No, no windows to look out of to see things from a different perspective. No roof in place to protect you from the elements of life. All there is, is is a foundation. You see, the truth is that so many of us are living uh, in a neighborhood of just beautiful foundations. And on one hand, it can be encouraging because you hear uh, other people talking about all of their great ideas and you, you see people with their blueprints and their planning and strategizing and forecasting. But on the other hand, it can just become a place of familiarity and comfortability. The Bible is, is full of what appears to be contradictions that really aren't. Because on one hand, the Bible says, where there is no vision, my people perish. But on the other hand, the same Bible just a few books later says that faith without works is dead. 
it goes on to say, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And if anybody has been guilty of brainstorming and, and analyzing and never following up with any real action, I definitely fall into that category. So many times I've, I've laid a beautiful foundation that had no structure. So many times I've, I've had visions of what I wanted to do, but never hung the doors for, for people to walk through to see the vision come to life. So many times I, I had perspective on what I wanted to create or build or, or what I wanted to accomplish, but never framed the windows that would have given me a view from a different perspective. Never took the time to set a roof in place that, that would have protected me from the doubts and the fears of failing and thinking that I'm inadequate and insufficient and incapable. I've been, I've been liable for having great ideas and goals that, that I want to accomplish that never come to fruition. And I'd almost be willing to bet that I've spent more time trying to convince myself that I might be able to do something than I've actually spent just trying to do it. I've spent more time trying to, to calculate the possibility of failing than I've actually spent just failing. So in essence, the fear of failure has kept me from failing but it's also hindered me from really achieving anything. So I can, I can relish in the fact that I've never failed, but I also have to come to grips with the fact that I've never tried. And I haven't done any research and haven't, haven't read any books, but I'd have to imagine that 60 to 70% of our time is spent just trying to convince ourselves that we're capable of doing something before we ever take a step. Because in reality, most of us, or, or at least speaking for myself, we, we only want to try things that we know we're going to succeed at. In fact, in fact, I bet you can't name three things that you signed up for willingly and, and knowingly signed up for with the expectation that you were going to fail. You may not have thought that you were going to be the best at it. You uh, may not have thought that you would have been in first place. That may have been a little bit uh, unrealistic and winning gold may have been a little presumptuous. But you haven't gone into a relationship with the mindset that, yep, this, this is going to be a train wreck. You haven't, you haven't accepted a job offer thinking, I'll be fired in no time. So because we don't always know up front that we're going to succeed, most of us sit on things that have been on our hearts for years to pursue because of the fear of failing. Entrepreneurship has always uh, intrigued you and there's a business you've wanted to start, but you just haven't quite convinced yourself enough that it's going to work out for you to really go for it. Maybe you desire to be married and to start a family, but uh, you come from a broken and dysfunctional family or you uh, experience some things as a child that has caused you to question your ability to uh, be a good spouse or, or a good parent. So you just dream rather than pursue. Maybe there's a, a book that you're sitting on writing, a, a certification or a degree that you've wanted to obtain. Maybe there's a, a fear you want to conquer or a habit that you want to kick. For somebody else, it may be a, a health goal that you want to reach. Or perhaps you're a singer or a songwriter and you dream of having your music on iTunes or Spotify. Or possibly fashion is your thing and you have aspirations of uh, designing or styling on a global scale. And instead of going for it, you've allowed yourself to remain stuck in the land of what ifs, in the land of possibilities and could be's, and in the neighborhood of beautiful foundations. And to make matters worse and to add insult to injury, you're, you're sitting on the sidelines and just watching other people just go for it. People with less experience, with a smaller budget, not as, not as skilled or as talented as you are, but uh, the one thing that they are is they're relentless and they refuse to be stuck. 
at the beginning of summer, my mother-in-law thought that it would be a good idea to buy our four girls a swing set for the backyard. And as much as I love my dear mother-in-law, this was a purchase that I wasn't too thrilled about. I was, I was a little frustrated, if I'm going to be honest. Not because I don't want to see my girls having fun, but because I knew I was going to be the one in the backyard struggling trying to assemble this thing. I knew it was going to be like, like putting some uh, Ikea furniture on steroids together. You know, where the, the instructions really aren't helpful, where uh, nothing is properly labeled and all the screws are mixed up halfway through the project. And now I'm just guessing where everything goes. I knew it was going to be hot because summer was just starting and there was no one in the house that could really help me the way I needed it. So it just sat in the garage for weeks and I'm walking over it. I'm walking around it. I would have uh, walked through it if I could. But now it's getting to the point where my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are asking me, uh, when am I going to put it together and do I need any help? And in my head, I'm thinking I wouldn't have needed any help had you not bought this thing in the first place. But now I'm at a point I'm kind of backed into a corner and I have no choice but to just do it. So it takes me a couple of days and uh, I eventually get it up. And I'm still not 100 percent convinced that uh, it was assembled correctly because I definitely still have a bag of screws and nuts and bolts um, that wasn't marked as extra. But I ultimately got it up and Kennedy and Zion are, are having a blast and they're playing on this thing nonstop and Kennedy is teaching Zion how to swing and Simone, one of our twins, is just as excited about it. She's climbing the makeshift rock wall and uh, flying down the slide and of course my, my mother-in-law bought the extension so that we could push the smaller twins on the swing set and Simone is on the swing set just having a blast. But Nina Nina's a little more reluctant. Where Simone may have been overly confident, Nina was overly cautious. And I imagine that my mother-in-law purchased the playset for uh, the purpose of providing some entertainment and fun for the kids. So they had something to do while being outside, something to uh, keep them active and entertained and engaged. Not sure that she ever thought that something she purchased to provide cheer would ever uh, present itself as a challenge or an obstacle that needed to be overcome. So for the first few weeks, Nina just sat and watched. She had no desire at all to participate. She was cool just watching uh, from the sidelines. She'd get uh, close to the swing set and would even sit at the bottom of the slide, but that was the extent of her engagement. So she was willing to sit at the bottom of the slide to see how it feels to land, but wasn't willing to climb to the top because she was scared she would fail. She allowed her outlook to determine her outcome, and as a result, uh, her feet never left the foundation. So she watched as her sister, which shares the same exact DNA code as her, climbed the rock wall without fear. She watched her scream and laugh once she made it to the top. She watched her go down the slide, and I can, I can imagine and picture that even at the age of two, she was trying to convince herself that she was capable of doing something. I can imagine the, the conversation going on in her head that while she wasn't capable of expressing audibly, it made total sense to her internally. I can picture her trying to, to do the math to determine the, the statistical possibilities of, of failing and the rate of speed that she'd come down the slide at. I can picture her trying to uh, perfect her sliding technique and where she'd place her hands and feet, but mostly I just saw her being stuck in a land of what ifs in the land of possibilities and could-bes, being comfortable in the neighborhood of beautiful foundations. I realized that she could have remained stuck in a position of wondering what it was like to go down the slide instead of just doing it, 
unless something changed. She would have been stuck looking on in amazement rather than experiencing it for herself. And so we started by climbing the rock wall and I'd guide her feet each step and I'd keep a hand on her back so that she was assured that I wouldn't let her fall and she'd be holding on for dear life. And she'd get to the top and she'd be screaming, trying to uh, get the attention of her sisters as to say, look at me like she just did something on her own. But what was happening was that instead of looking at this place as a what if and thinking, man, I wonder what it's like to be up there. She was now standing on top of it. And so she transitioned from what if to what next. Now that I've gotten here, what do I do now? And so I, again, just watched her for a few days and uh, she conquered the rock wall, but she remained terrified of the slide. And you have to imagine that uh, on the inside, I am a nervous wreck. When, when Zaj uh, and I had Kennedy, she was one years old, we took her to the park and I made the mistake of trying to go down uh, the slide with Kennedy and I had her on my lap and um, as we were going down, her leg got caught in between my leg and the side of the slide and it ultimately got jammed on the way down and broke her leg. So before she could ever even walk, she was in a cast. And Zash swears that I'm scarred by this for the rest of my life. And I just think that I'm overly uh, protective and anxious now when my kids are, are at the park. But, but Nina is now sitting at the top of the slide. And she's holding on to the sides for dear life. And I know she's thinking, God, please don't let me fall. And I'm in the garage looking out into the backyard thinking, God, please don't let her fall. And so it's almost as if she's back in the same position that she was when her feet were on the ground. Her sisters were flying by her, going up and down the slide and playing tag and operating with a sense of freedom while she was immobilized and, and crippled by fear. And she's back to trying to convince herself that she's capable of doing something. She's uh, back to doing the math. She's back to weighing the odds. She's back to being stuck in the land of what ifs and in the land of possibilities and could be's. And again, I'm, I'm in a position where I realize that she would have remained stuck in a position of wondering what it was like to go down the slide instead of just doing it unless something changed. So I started by guiding her down the slide and she's crying and nervous and afraid and and she'd get to the bottom and would run back to the rock wall that uh, she once looked at as being impossible to climb. And now she's scaling it without thinking twice about it. And we'd go through this motion over and over and over until one day she decided to do it on her own. And I'd be the first to admit that her form was anything but perfect. I'm quite positive that she landed <laughs> upside down and backwards and her body was twisted by the time she made it down that she had some grass and sand in her mouth when she got up and some tears were falling from her face, but we clapped and screamed like her form was perfect, like her technique was flawless and like her landing was exceptional because it took her weeks to convince herself to accomplish something that took her less than 10 seconds to conquer. And so I'm not sure who you are in this story. Maybe you're my mother-in-law. And, and God has positioned you with the means and capacity to introduce challenges to people that you know they're capable of, of overcoming. To push people beyond what they've told themselves they're capable of doing. To stretch people uh, in a manner to scale walls of insecurity and doubt. To push people to position themselves to, to handle the swings and the ebbs and flows of life. To encourage those around you that slides may be met by fear, but, but they're conquered by faith. Maybe you're, you're Kennedy and Zion and Simone 
in what has presented itself as a challenge and a Goliath to others was wasn't even an obstacle for you. Maybe that which produced insecurity and anxiety and uncertainty in others was just a breath of fresh air for you. Maybe you've already started your business and it's thriving. Maybe obtaining your undergraduate, your graduate or your your postgraduate degree wasn't much of a stretch for you. Maybe deciding to to homeschool your kids rather than uh, opting for virtual or remote learning was pretty easy for you once you made up your mind. Perhaps perhaps purchasing your first home or investment property uh, didn't include many obstacles or setbacks for you. Maybe working out regularly and reaching or maintaining your goal weight was a walk in the park. But I can guarantee you that there's somebody else in your circle, that there's somebody else in your family that's in your network of associates and acquaintances that tremble with fear when they think about going back to school. There's somebody that's overwhelmed when they consider what it takes to start a business. Maybe your, maybe your purpose at the top of the slide isn't just to fly down in style, but it's to teach somebody else how to do the same. Perhaps your technique for climbing the rock wall isn't just about showing off, but it's to impart and instill what you've learned to somebody else that's looking on in amazement. Maybe your process of getting from one step to the next is meant to be shared with somebody that's stuck on step one. Or maybe you're me in the story, and you've got the pieces and instructions and tools to help somebody grow. But when you think about what's in it for me, you decide that it's not worth my time. It's not worth my energy. It's not worth my effort or my resources. So you tuck that box back into your garage or your heart or your head or or your wallet, not knowing that you may be the link between somebody being stuck in the land of what ifs, in the land of possibilities and could be's and being comfortable uh, in, in the neighborhood of beautiful foundations versus them being overcomers and achievers. Or maybe you're, you're Nina. And you've spent more time thinking about going back to school than it would have taken you to actually earn your degree. You've spent more time contemplating starting a business than it would have taken you to apply uh, for a business license or developing a product. You've spent valuable time that, that you can't recoup or recapture trying to convince and persuade yourself that you're smart enough that you're skilled enough and talented enough and educated enough that you're uh, you're passionate enough and unique enough to succeed. And my message to you today is simple. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. That you don't have to be stuck in the land of what ifs, in the land of possibilities and could be's, or become comfortable in the neighborhood of beautiful foundations. My message to you is that it's time to start building some structure on your foundation that doors are waiting to be hung for people to walk through to see your vision come to life. Windows are waiting to be framed to give you a different vantage point and outlook. And it's time to set a roof in place to protect you from the doubts and fears of failure. I think that the biggest hurdle you'll ever face in trying to accomplish something is, is trying to convince yourself what you're capable of doing and fighting off the thoughts that you're uh, inadequate and incapable and insignificant. I'll be the first to admit that your form will be anything but perfect. Your first book may not end up on the New York Times bestsellers list. Your, your first business may not crack the, the NASDAQ 500. You may not uh, feel like the perfect parent after the first kid. Uh, may not purchase your first home in the neighborhood you desired. Your, your first line may not end up on a runway. And I'm, I'm quite positive that when you land, you'll feel like you're upside down and backwards and your body is twisted. 
you'll end up with some grass and sand in your mouth when it's all said and done and tears are falling from your face. But I can guarantee you that there will be an audience that will clap and scream like your form was perfect, like your technique was flawless and like your landing was exceptional. What I love most about about Nina is that she's uh, been an underdog from the very beginning. From the moment we knew we were having twins, she's been a fighter. The doctors identified early on that Nina wasn't receiving the, the same level of nutrients that Simone was, and as a result, she wasn't growing at the same rate that Simone was. In fact, when the twins were delivered at 31 weeks, Nina was only two and a half pounds, and uh, she spent several more weeks in NICU than her sister did. And she may be uh, a little bit more fragile than her siblings are, but what she lacks in size, she more than makes up for in heart. When you, when you see her running and playing, she's feisty and she's uh, determined and she's relentless. And she taught me a very valuable lesson through the form of a swing set at two years old. The lesson that I'll never get to experience the height of what God has for me. I'll, uh, I'll never get to experience the thrill of the journey and I'll never know what it feels like to land if my feet never leave the ground. She taught me that even at the age of two, that sometimes you've got to convince yourself to just go for it. That the risk of failing, that the risk of failure, that the risk uh, of falling isn't worth the risk of never trying at all. She taught me that she was more than enough. I'll leave you with these two scriptures. First John 4 and 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Remember that, that after you've finished having that conversation over and over and over in your head about whether you uh, should start that business, whether uh, you should write that book, whether you should launch that podcast, whether uh, you should explore uh, adoption or having a child, um, whether you should explore uh, trying to conquer your giant, giant the same way that Nina did. After you finish doing the math to uh, determine the statistical possibilities of, of failing and the rate of speed that you need to move the same way Nina did. After you visualize how to uh, perfect your slide and technique the same way that Nina did, you still have an obligation to move the same way Nina did. And if you remember nothing else, remember that you are more than enough. Remind yourself of that every morning until uh, your dreams become your reality, until uh, your what ifs become your what is. That you are more than enough. I dedicate this, this episode to uh, the strongest and bravest little girl that I know, Nina Delone. Until next time, family, this is The Kitchen Table. Be blessed. Be blessed.